flock of hands. A flock of hands. Here, look at this one. Look at this one. Fierce rhubarb. Fierce rhubarb. Yeah, hang on. How strong is it? Hang on. Stand by, stand by. Uh, I can't even see. Must have the last one. 4.6%. That's quite a weak one. That's a weak it? one. Yeah, all things is 4.6. And I've got yonder subculture, a mixed firm pale ale. Where's that from? Well, it's from our new sponsor. I know. Go on, then, you're talking about it. Do you know, do you, when you were a kid, oh, when you were a kid, did you have like posters on your wall? Either Laverda Jota, Sam and Kawasaki, yeah, then dreaming of Angelina Jolie and all these things. Do you think one day in life, things like that will happen to me? And now, Every boy's bloody dream, and then this supply of brilliant beer from from Yup Beer. Yup Beer. Why you double P? Yup Beer, and it's bloody excellent. It is great, isn't it? But oh. we've got something else to say about Yup Beer as well, haven't we? Have we? Because that tastes gorgeous. Yes. What? There's a discount code. Oh yeah. What? Well, hang on. Perhaps you'll explain a little bit more about Yup Beer. Oh, go on then. So what Yup Beer does is gathers these brews, an amazing array of brews from all over the world. And uh, it has a subscription service whereby you pay a monthly fee, which isn't a lot for the sort of beers that you get, uh, and they will send you a box of beer every month. How good is that? How good is that? And uh, hang on a minute, I've got to try. Is that the fierce rhubarb? Oh, bloody hell, try. And I've slobbered all over it. But that's bloody lovely. Oh, that's nice, that. See, often when they say, Something tastes of something. Oh, it God, doesn't, doesn't taste does of rhubarb. But I actually taste quite heavily of mm. rhubarb. Um, so, yeah, so for uh, 30 squid per month um, before your flockers discount code, uh, you'll get a selection of these brilliant uh, craft beers sent to your uh, gaff every month. And let me find out because we've got a discount code, which isn't just one of these 10 percenters. It's not. No, it's a proper discount code. This is. It's a very good discount code. Hang on, I've got to go into the Flutter Leaks emails. Hang on, stand by, stand by. Uh, yeah, this one is twelve quid off your first box. That's amazing. Yeah. So if you log on to Yup Beer, and you'd be stupid not to. To be fair, uh, Y U double P dot Beer, the site will come up, and then when you get to the checkout, put in off the cuff twelve. And you will get 12 quid off your first box. That, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm having one. Don't try off the cuff 30. All right. I know you will, but don't try it. It'll only work on off the cuff 12. This is great. This. And these, some of these, 8.2%. 8.2. Have you had a drink on your AMC? Well, just one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me, officer. I've only had one can. <laughs> Although it was a double scatterbrain, double IPA. And that was 8.2 percent Gordon Bennett. So thank you very much indeed, Yup Beer. You've yeah. made a boyhood dream come true. And also uh, welcome to Flutter's podcasting because we're so easily bought that we will promote you <laughs> till the cows come. Forever. Out. Yeah, forever. Not, for every month. You the more I drink, the longer it will be. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, we got another guest. It's a special night tonight. Mm. Yeah, mm. we've got another guest. Mm. All the way up oh. from Devon and Cornwall. Thought we have an apology first of all. There, there has been a comment. Oh, we've had some negative that, feedback. Yeah, that, uh, in relation to the sound quality mm. of some of our recent recordings, despite spending considerable sums on recording equipment, uh, we have somewhat not passed muster. <laughs> um, 
and it, it would appear that we've narrowed down the investigation has led to the fact that it was probably me again. that was um, yeah again so I apologise viewers and listeners um, but, especially uh, to the sign man from Hull oh yeah that's right it's the sign man from Hull who complains he wants so to come on doesn't he he's got he's got to come on yeah yeah he's got a very interesting PSD story to tell us has he yeah it's an interest really because we can get a different angle on that mm. anyway welcome welcome Phil. Hey, Phil. That's all you can hear from Devon, deepest, darkest Devon in Cornwall. <laughs> okay, good evening, Hi, guys, and uh, thank you very much for inviting me. And um, um, it seems very appropriate that it's 999 uh, day, so I've got the opportunity to, to uh, obviously revisit a few of uh, my experiences. Yeah, excellent. And uh, you're joining us with a beer as well. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's, uh, it's, I, can, I can honestly say it's lovely, and I can highly recommend it. Yeah, Which one have you got there? Oh, we've got the uh, double scatterbrain. No, I, think we'll be, I think we'll be getting you a taxi. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. You reckon you should the pub on the way home for a pint anyway? Yeah, I was, I was, but not now. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you will be now. <laughs> so, excellent. So, go on then, Phil. Tell us about uh, how you started with the police. Well, I'm pleased to say um, I managed to do 30 years. I'm probably, I'm probably one of the few officers that uh, started the job uh, with the same woman that I finished with. Uh, <laughs> and, and there's not many that can actually say that. And was she in the job then? No, she, she, no, no oh. she wasn't in the job. Um, she, was, uh, she was a nurse, and um, the, way that, uh, the way that I chatted her up, uh, I says, well, you do realise there's only two sure things in, in life. I says, one's death and the other's a nurse. And that sealed it. And, right. uh, You're in. We, yeah, I was in, and we got, got married and that was it. Quite a good combination, I would think, then, wouldn't it? Cops and nurses, I think. Is, yeah, 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 there seems to be an awful lot of them. Mm. So, so yes, well, probably because you spent half your time hanging around A and E. Possibly, possibly, possibly. Yeah. But yeah, I was fortunate enough to do thirty years um, in a, a, a rural-based uh, police force. Most of it was in uniform. Um, I had the benefit of uh, mostly uh, as a constable, as a detective, for a small amount of time. Um, and then I managed to get uh, to be a sergeant and I managed to finish my last nine years as an inspector uh, and you know it just seemed to have gone so quickly um, 30 years just like that when did you finish uh, 2018 oh, a while ago so you've had three years of retirement yes yeah two three years of retirement and yeah um, surprisingly enough um, you know retired police officers we sought we sought after I mean I've got no no end of, of opportunities to do things which I've, I've taken up and I'm, I'm fruitfully employed on a casual basis. That's good that is, because yeah. I think a lot of people, having spent that amount of time in a career and joining obviously as a young lad, but you must have done, um, worry about what they're going to do, because yeah. it's just, they're all the known is police, yeah. police, police, and Absolutely. many of them. Absolutely. Yeah. The thing about it is, is, you know, we spend we spend the most of our career just planning and thinking about that day when we're going to retire, and when it does come, um, because under the conditions that I and you guys were, were in, you know, we do this 30 years and we finish, and we're still quite early, quite young, healthy, and you've actually got to do something. You can't just sit mm. at home, otherwise, you know. You well, look. a lot of people say they will, though, don't they? Well, they don't seem to last long, though. Three yeah. months. Yeah, yeah, on average, yeah, probably. Absolutely. That's what I've found with, with colleagues that have retired since I've gone. They're doing all sorts of different things. So, what age did you retire at? Did you uh, 52. Out? I retired at uh, 50, 54. That's great, isn't it? Mm. 54. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a massive career, a good career. Good yeah. career, very satisfying. And, and you're still only 54. It's amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Ready for your second career? Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've had opportunities presented to myself, and some of them have been in a managerial capacity, and I've just said, look, I've had my career, I've enjoyed it, 
I'm doing this now for pocket money and for something to do just to keep me busy for a few years mm-hmm. until until her ladyship says, right, that's it, we're finishing. Can you and say what you do? Are you happy to talk about that? No, I'd rather no. not. Okay, rather yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. okay. So go on, then tell us what it was like when you started. So at the tender age of? I joined at 24. Yeah. I'd only been married a couple of years when I joined the police. And uh, Why did you join? Uh, I, I chose to join the police because I wanted the security of, uh, because I was in, I was working in engineering and literally engineering was on its way out and I knew that I wanted to have a family eventually and also the security and I'd always quite fancied to be a police officer and I completely went against the vein. All my brothers had previously been in engineering and it seemed to be that it was a family trait that I had to follow that, 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 that line. I did so but eventually I chose when I got married I thought I'm, I'm going to make my own choices in life here yeah. and ultimately I, I chose to join the police. What I did do though I didn't join the force where I lived in which when I had the home visit by the inspector, which used to happen, mm. one of the first questions was, well, why aren't you joining here? And I turned mm. around and I said, I want to go somewhere where I'm not known. Um, I don't know the people I'm going to be dealing with and I can be completely impartial myself and I'm not going to be dealing with people that I grew up with mm-hmm. and think I've got to do them a favour or anything mm. like that. Yeah. So I was, that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to make a, a completely fresh start in a new area that was completely new to me. Did you have any family or friends that were already in the police? Nope. So I, was the only, I am the only yeah. person in my family to ever go into the police. Oh, interesting. So what year would it have been when you joined? Then? 1988 I joined. I had the own visit from the police inspector and I eventually uh, was, was accepted. Um, went to regional training school at Ryton and had a whale of a time. That was the first, the first time I've actually been apart from my wife. Uh, it was quite, quite a Quite emotional, but after, after the few nights with the boys in the put in the yeah, down, down the bar, it was uh, it was quite yeah. good. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. The the I think it was either ten or fourteen weeks that we did at training school at the time, and then back to force uh, and stationed, um, tutored for I think I think memory memory tells me about ten ten weeks I was with a tutor, and then after that on your own. Right. Do you remember your tutor? Oh yeah, I remember my tutor. What was your tutor like? Um, it wasn't bad, um, but he basically was doing a tutor because he wanted to, to, to become a sergeant and he, was, he saw that as an opportunity to, mm-hmm. to manage somebody. Right. So it was a, it was a bit straight-laced as well. So he, oh, he, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, 88 then, Pace would have been out that four years? Pace would been out four years, You'd yeah. be working with some proper old-school oh, yeah. cops. Yeah. So, were they... The resistance. There was a lot of resistance to pace when it first came in, wasn't there? You know, some, some, somewhere, some had uh, just, just completely. It, it had come about. They'd had the training, but there was still that reluctance and that resistance, and, and you, you had to get it home to them that you couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, there was one example when I was, I was when I was a, a constable, and there'd been a burglary at a, at a local college, and uh, I, I attended it, and the, the local beat cop turns up and he says, right, he says, you start at the top. I'll start at the bottom. And I says, what do you mean? He says, oh, he says, well, I'll, I'll search the rooms at the top. You search the rooms at the bottom, <laughs> and I'll meet you halfway. And I said, you can't search all the rooms. I said, you can only search a room for the person that's suspected of the crime. I said, that's pace. And he went, oh, oh, right, okay then. <laughs> what's, his, what's his pace? And I says, leave it with me. I says, thanks very much, and off he toddled and uh, uh, left him in. But yeah, that was an example of, of the old school. That, uh, yeah, it was old ways, weren't it? It was pre-pace. Yeah. yeah. So, did you have examples as a young cop where, I mean, 
I, I remember speaking to senior Cockney, particularly my, my tutor, who I think probably got about 20 years in when he tutored me. And he, was, he, was, he was a great, great tutor lovely, and a lovely guy. But they used to tell the stories of you know people being nicked and then just be left themselves all weekend. Oh yeah, was that still going on? No, well, that didn't happen when I was in. But I'd heard stories right. about it that you know the CID office would be saying, oh, there's a job coming. It was good for that. We've not had him for a while, and they'd be getting them in, leaving him in for the weekend. Yeah, yeah that, those stories were, were very very prevalent. Um, I remember one of the uh, uh, old soaks uh, down the bar one night was telling us a story. Um, he is a younger officer in a big big uh, uh, force. Um, was the youngest officer there. We paraded for an early turn and the duty inspector strolls in and says, right everybody, down the cell block, such and such, there's a guy in custody who's assaulted a policewoman. He said, and the custody, the, the cell door went open, he says, and the inspector stepped up and pop. <laughs> he says, and, he says, and then, they, then the sergeant stepped up and pop. He said, there was a systematic pecking order of the Eldest officer, officer down to the youngest officer, and he says, "This this this, this officer, he says, uh, he says, but it got to me. He says, and this guy was sort of picking himself up from the cell, cell floor, and he says, I just looked at him and he said, I didn't have the heart to hit him. He says, so I gave him an evil stare. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was uh, this, this yeah. was basically pre-paced. This mm. was the sort of incidents that you heard about mm, yeah. that that would happen. But you know, I can honestly say that in my time, pace came in and. That that was the thing, that, that was a thing of the past, and and, and quite rightly so. If I'm, I'm absolutely honest with you. Mm. Well, I remember being told a story. I don't know whether we've mentioned it previously, quite possibly, but of a uh, member of the public who came in to complain about an officer, uh, and the inspector uh, got hold of him and physically threw him down the steps. Don't you bloody come in this station complaining about any of my officers? And he literally physically threw him down the steps oh, of the God. police station. God. Mm. That was, I think, also pre-paid. <laughs> well, I remember my sergeant, who was my first sergeant, he was a good lad, and uh, I remember him coming into custody suite where we brought a violent uh, offender in who'd been biting and spitting blood, and, and in particular, uh, a good friend of mine now it was the victim of this uh, attack from this, from this violent offender, and, the, and the, the sergeant came into the custody suite and gave him a good hiding. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, proper headlock, and don't, it was like, don't ever <laughs> bite one of my officers again. And what That's year been. was that? <clears throat> uh, 2000. 2000? Yeah. Crikey. And the yeah. sergeant was stood there like that and went, Oh, fit for interview. Yeah, he was crying for his mum by the end of it, let me tell you. Oh, really? but, um, hey, there we go. Things have changed a bit. Yeah, it changed a bit. Don't suppose you can remember your first job, can you? Um, I think uh, I think it was, but it was a. a from, from what I recall, I've, I've obviously had an opportunity to give it some thought. Um, as sad as it sounds, it was a guy for shoplifting, and just a, a local to the to the to the town that I worked in. And then twenty odd years later, um, I go into custody to review the prisoner, and I asked the individual his name, and he tells me, and I said, I know I knew somebody of that name twenty odd years ago, and he said, Yeah, it's my dad. Oh, really? Right. Oh, so, yeah, it's part of the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you went through your tutorship. So, tell us about how things worked back then. In well, I mean, at the end of the day, the end of the day, um, primarily I started on my own uh, uh, solo patrol in 1989. And back in those days, um, we had uh, four cars that we used to put out, um, two covering the town, two covering the rural. We put five walking, 
there'd be a PC in the control room, there'd be a PC in the... Well, they single crew cars. Yeah. yeah, single crew cars. Yeah. And the control room would be in the nick. The nick of that, yeah, and, yeah. That, and that would be uh, covering the local, uh, just the local uh, personal radios that you yeah. have. Um, and then we'd have, for, for, the, for the cars that used to go out into the sticks, um, they'd be contacted by force control room, by the car radios. Um, and we used to have a, we have a PC in the inquiry office as well, PC in the custody suite, PC in the control room. Um, there'd be a dedicated to two traffic cars on the shift, and we'd also have a dog. Wow. Uh, on, on our You'd have to have a dog on, on your yeah, shift? Yeah, we'd have a dog on our shift. So how many would you be briefing on? Mm. Like I say, four cars, five walkers, then there'd be two traffic mm. cars. Uh, there'd be a double, tra double crew traffic car, single crew traffic car, and then there'd be the, the dog handler. Wow. So um, that's 12, 13 years? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One um, sergeant? Uh, no, we have three. Three sergeants? We, uh, we used to have the patrol sergeant, there'd be a control room sergeant, yeah. and then the, the custody sergeant, and what they do is they'd roll, they'd roll the ground on right. three months about, so they had a bit of variety. Oh, right, yeah. So yeah, that, that was the most difficult thing for me as, as a young officer, because you'd, you'd just got to find out what what the skipper likes, so you keep him off your back, so you, you think, right, mm. a couple of seat belters, if I could, if I could, if I could yeah. spot anybody, or a couple, a couple of arrests, and a little bit of process and they'll be happy. Yeah. And then you get the next one and you just completely wanted something different. Yeah, they're not interested in TPS or something else. Well, the most, I think, interesting thing that I've, I've seen is is obviously the attitudes and, and obviously the uniform. I mean, when I first, uh, most of my first two years was on foot and there was a pecking order in terms of, in, in the shift, who was going to be taking the car over in terms uh, yeah. of any annual leave or sickness. Yeah. And, you know, You've got no, you got no chance in the first two years. God, no, you know. No, no, uh, no. And on nights, I used to walk around with pajamas on underneath the underneath my uniform, with my pajamas tucked in my socks because them winter nights were, were wicked. Freezing. And uh, you know, you used, yeah. used to think, please pick me up, please pick me up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, one of the experiences I can recall, which I mean, when I make a comparison to modern day uniforms, I was on foot patrol, and uh, the duty inspector had caused to just pull alongside me, and at that time. We used to have the wooden baton, used to be in the pocket down the side yeah. of the trousers. The little leather strap used to come up and we used to have to it looked, slip it over the top of the belt. Right. Right. So, so and it was it was there if we needed it. I'd been walking round and the, the belt had, had, had dropped down. So it was actually exposed and I was hanging down the side of my uh, trousers. Duty inspector says, well, I'm putting on the port, that looks aggressive. No. Oh, aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> of course, young officer, you have to take it. Sorry about that. Just turn it off. You're a big, high mark speaking. How can I help? Sorry about Not this interruption. Hello, Neil. Uh, right. Anyway, shall we carry on talking? Yeah, fine. Yes. So, um, or should we pause this? I think we'll have to pause, pause it. it. We'll pause it. That's going to make a really seamless edit. Yeah, no one will know. No one will even know, know that we're in the yeah. damn yard still. What are they doing ringing at this time of night? I don't know. Seven minutes past six. Terrible. Hey, Phil. Sorry, Phil. It's all right. So where, where were we? Well, a yeah. report from the yeah, uh, so inspector for having yeah. been aggressive. Yeah, walking around with me, <laughs> with me thumbing strap and my baton hanging out. So, so did he put you on report? He, he, he called me up into the office and it was a case of uh, don't let me catch you doing it again. And this sort of stuff, but yeah, he left it for a few days because that was and that was the worst part because you got still bad. You're yeah. thinking, crikey, well, you know, I'm doing everything I possibly can to to, yeah. to blend in. I'm trying to impress people, yeah. and then you know, I'm out on patrol. I'm not hiding, but yeah, and then 
obviously the point I'm making is where we were as a traditional bobby, out on the beat with the helmet, the uniform as we were, and the baton that was out of view, and now you look at the police officers that were put out on the streets, yeah. you know, they, they look like they look like a militia, don't they? With yeah, tools yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Tasers and uh, running uh, uh, the, the, the batons. I mean, we, we went through when I was in the job, uh, I started off with a wooden, wooden baton, we then went on to the, I think it was a PR24. Yeah, the side handle baton. Side handle baton. Yeah. Oh, they were good. Can Can you remember what the thing was called? I mean, the, the uh, side handle. Can you remember what it was called? Was that the short knob? I thought it was called the trundle stop. I don't know. I don't know. Was it called the trundle stop? I don't know. No matter, I was before yeah. my time. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But but I I, I remember um, I remember out on patrol one night, uh, just after Crocodile Dundee film had been on, where he chucked a tin of beans at somebody running off. And I, I was trying to keep up with this guy. He was he, he wanted. I I I, uh, I I knew he was wanted for something, and he he legged it. I thought he's going to get away. So I just thought, oh, I'm going to try something. So I pulled my baton out and I extended it, and I threw it, and I caught him right in the middle of the back. Yeah. And down he went like a sack of spruce. Really? Yeah, and I thought, oh, that was good. That was good. That, yeah. good. that was good. That was good. I thought, but I keep quiet about that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right, yeah. Because you've only got one. At least you didn't just turn around and pick it up and then get it. Yeah, well, yeah, that would have been the worst. Chuck it back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that would have been the worst thing if it had picked it up and used it on me. But, uh, yeah. So wooden, wooden baton or truncheon. Yeah. Side handle button and then and then we went on to the asp, asp. yeah, the little thing. Oh, I never really liked them. Mm. Always used to trap my finger in it when I was trying to, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I tried to shut it, shut it back. Yeah. Yeah. Walking around with a blooming blister then for days. What cars was your force using when you well, when we first started? Uh, the town cars that we were putting out um, was a Vauxhall Chevette, yeah, mm. um, which is a horrible thing to drive when I managed to get managed to get behind the wheel of it. Um, we then moved on to uh, Astra's and Escort's. Yeah. Um, we then went on to the small Rovers, Rover 200's, mm -hmm. eventually. When we went on to Diesel, which I, I, uh, I tried to put an argument forward to a senior officer about um, these diesel chugging tractors. I said, you can't sneak up and catch anybody committing crime. I said, because by the time you struck the engine up, I said, they're already climbing out the window because they can hear you coming. Yeah. But, that was a that was a losing battle. It was never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had rovers. Um, we then towards the latter part of the service went up to Skodas, which are quite used a lot now. Um, but I mean, the traffic cars went through a variety of things. They had the they had the big ST rovers. They had the the, the senators. Um, oh, yeah, but, senators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did they have yeah. the Granada Scorpions as well? Oh, that was a bit before me. That I can't yeah, remember that that one. Mm. But I mean, the armed car that we used to put out, um, when they when they put it out and they had all the kit in it, if they had a prisoner, we used to have to go out and pick them up because the, the car would be overweight with all the kit in oh, it. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. It was it was farcical. That was the excuse that they oh, were. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you oh, know, we can't well, possibly well, take you know, that. Well you, know, well, you know, you know, you know, when you've dealt, when you've you've gone to a job and traffic turn up, they get there, they get the board and they say, oh, to you now, son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Bye, yeah. see ya. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, send you, that, of I'll send you a statement. Yeah, that, yeah. Happened, that happened a few times. Yeah, and then two weeks later, you're still chasing them for a statement. Yeah. Yeah. When oh. you started, Phil, did you have a, an idea in your mind of what ultimately you would want to do in the police, in your career, or did you, were you just... Uh... Um, well, thankfully, yeah. very early in service, I had an opportunity to work with an experienced cop who'd been in, in one of the Yorkshire forces, and yeah, I mean, you, you can watch. I mean, one of the most daft things that I, I will admit to 
is when I was waiting to join the police, when the bill used to come on, I used to practice the walk. <laughs> and, and my wife used to laugh at me. She used to say, you can't possibly do that. Well, I said, well, you, you, you've got very yeah. mad. You're on your feet for a long time. I said, so yeah. you've got to patience. You've got to get it right. So, so, so that's one of the things that uh, was, was really uh, funny that my wife used to take the mickey out of. Well, yeah, going back to uh, my, my colleague, you know, I'd, I'd been to training school. I'd, I'd obviously learned a few uh, things that from other cops. But I had an opportunity um, when he was working in like a half night that we'd go out together and the stuff that I learned about, we'd be driving down the road and somebody say, just stop, quick, back up, reverse up quick. And he'd spot, he'd, he'd spot something that was parked up that I'd, I'd missed. Yeah. And uh, right, just, just, just go down the road and we'd, we'd lock up and then we'd tiptoe up and one behind you'd, 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 you'd be there to find a burglar's car. And, and, uh, yeah. and one of the favorite tricks that uh, we used to do was used to get the dust cap. Yeah. We used to get a little pebble, this little pebble, yeah. and put the put the pebble inside the dust cap yeah. uh, on each on each of the four tyres, yeah. and then we wait down the road, and then uh, they come back, get in the car, drive off, and after so many revolutions, they all have four flat tyres, so they can carry on, yeah. and then we, and then we go forward. I mean, it was it was out, out, out. Yeah, well, that's what you want, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, but these are tricks of the trade that you learn mm, from the old yeah. school. Yeah, and you'll be pleased to know past. that's still alive and well. <laughs> Yeah, they don't get passed on anymore though. Street craft, that, yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, the street craft, yeah, exactly. They've been able to yeah, exactly. spot somebody exactly. and in instantly go. A number of criminals have yeah. mysteriously come back to their vehicle, car, bike, and found flat tyres. It yeah. seems to them hit things. them more than anybody else. Yeah. But <laughs> that, I mean, that's getting diluted, isn't it? You know, the, it those that type of experience and the and the actual street craft. It's, unfortunately, it's it is. Unfortunately, it is because you know, um, could obviously going towards the end of my career. There'd been the suspension of, of recruitment, and ultimately the police numbers had come down. So your experience was was, was slowly being diluted, uh, and I mean now you're getting cops out of the you're getting cops that I'm speaking to. You know the the, the most senior officer got four or five years. You know, you know it's 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 a sign of the times, and and and, and you know I take my hat off to them, and you know these are the people that are policing us now, and and you know and I'm I'm really appreciative of it, but I, I do see it that that there is there is a significant difference to, for the apprenticeship that I served and certainly the experience that I, I picked up from other officers that are lost now and they're, and they're not going to be passed on mm. because they're not they're not going to do stuff like what we're doing. Is it that policing has changed that much that those old skills are no longer required or is it all just being diluted and thereby you're defaulting to a, a service which is nothing like what it used to be. I suppose with old gits, we're bound to look back and think, back in the day, that was perhaps how it should have been done. Well, I think you have to look at it from uh, from two perspectives, don't you? You know, there's one perspective, which is what the public want, and they get told what police service they're going to get, don't they? And then you've got the reality, the, the reality of what you know, the, what government's driving of how they want the police service to be shaped. And the two are different, aren't they? Because Absolutely. if you you go and speak to a member of the public, say, who do you want turning up when when they catch somebody in your shed that's nicking your lawnmower and all your tools? Who do you want turning up? Yeah. And they'll, they'll tell you, well, I want a dog, and I want some cops that are going to get hold of them, and they're going to yeah. get a bit of justice before they get actually taken into court. And then when they do go into court, I want them to have some more justice and get banged up. Well, that's what you want. But what actually you're going to get the is, reality. yeah, we're not going to send anybody because we haven't got anybody, and uh, we'll use forensics, and we probably know who's going to be doing it anyway, so we won't arrest them. We'll warn them in, 
uh, have a quick interview and then we'll send them to court and um, we'll give them a slap on yeah, the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They can do a bit of community service. Yeah. Hey, everybody's happy. So uh, there's, a, there's a massive difference, isn't there? There's like two camps, isn't there? You know, when I sit in the formal one, which is, you know, I know who I want to not to deal with my yeah. problems. People skills. Yeah, okay. Relative, that's what they want. Yeah, 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 I agree with that wholeheartedly. So, what was your first next move from being a PC? From being a PC, um, I went into being a DC. So, right. promotion then? Uh, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> were you don't, the, don't, don't ever come with that. <laughs> were you the an times, elite detective? The, time, the times that I turned up uh, to deal with some, some householder that a month earlier I'd, I'd, I'd been in uniform, I then turned up in this lovely nice new suit and they turn around and say oh you've been promoted and I went no I've not been promoted I'm still a constable but I'm a detective now but yeah I did uh, I did my um, um, training at uh, Bishop's Garth that was interesting uh, Bishop's Garth it's uh, it's over in towards Yorkshire where where all regional detective courses were taking place right. so yeah um, so that was good and we were actually taught proper stuff. So an exa example would have been, we'd, we'd, they'd got a facility and they'd, they'd got like uh, houses and you'd basically be able to sort of get to a situation and sort of say, right, at which stage has a burglary occurred? Mm -hmm. uh, and and they'd yeah. give you different scenarios. So, you know, the guy, the, 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 the guy who's, who's been allowed to stay at night, um, oh, he's, he's left his keys on the hallway. Oh well, I realised they won't mind me going in and getting them, get them. He goes in the hallway and he sees, hang on, there's a flat screen telly in the bedroom. Mm. Well, I'm having that, and and, yeah, that's, yeah. and that's the way it was explained yeah. to us. So practically, instead of you sitting there with a book, you actually had it explained to you, thinking, mm. oh, I understand that now. And how long was yeah. that course for then? Uh, that was a good uh, ten weeks. That was. Was, was it? it? Oh, oh, that was a good course. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 How many of you on it? Um, I think in the class there was somewhere in the region of about. Uh, 25 yeah right yeah and it was a big it was a and the beauty of it is as well it was a mixture of, of different forces yeah so with that you, you had an opportunity city of london officers uh who, they, they could tell you some stories and uh yeah and other provincial forces was it residential yeah yeah, yeah it was residential yeah there's, there's no way you could have uh, you could have driven particularly mm. with some of the art some they might avail that some of them were drinking every night was yeah. there a bar yeah, there was a bar. Excellent. There was a bar, and there was loads of pubs nearby. Mm. So, so there was a bar in Leeds one as well, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good. Yeah, they did. They did. That yeah. was that was a crime shame. It was. There was there was more uh, welfare issues sorted out in that bar after a late shift than mm. than can ever be. Yeah, that's true. Rather uh, than going home and rather than going home and stewing on it, you know, you could sit around. You'd sit around and sort of say, "Oh, I've had a real shit day." So, sorry about that. No, it's not right. And you basically, you know, you're thinking, oh, I, I'm, I don't really want to go home and I want to know still about this. Are you talking about it? You have a couple of beers and you, you then walk home and everything yeah. is right. Yeah. And, and I, I understand why they shut the bars, but then it, it, it then had a knocking effect where the retired cops just lost that opportunity. To, to be able to come back in mm -hmm. and mix yeah. with the, the the people that they've been working with all yeah. that time. Yeah, which was a big loss. Oh, it's a fantastic loss. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So, as an elite detective, what was life like? It was interesting. Yeah, very very interesting. Had some great jobs. Um, we uh, did, did, did. Was that something you wanted to do? Yeah. Yeah. Rather than because I mean, nowadays yeah. people. Yeah. I've wanted to, to do. I've wanted to do it for an awful long time, 
but at the time, um, obviously I'd moved counties. I was, I was away from my family. I, my wife was away from her family. My wife was still a nurse working shift work. But what we were basically doing, we'd had, we'd had a young family. And what we were, we were doing was we were working the kids around our shifts. Mm. Um, and of course, going into CID was out of window. So yeah. I just had to continue in uniform longer than I wanted to for the sake of the family. Um, but then when, when the final uh, child came along, um, my wife said, that's it, I'm finishing. I said, right, I'm going to go into CID. And mm -hmm. I was successful. That worked out quite well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it was lucrative. There was, there was lots of overtime. Um, the quality of work was fantastic. This was, this was prior to, you know, the establishment now of your squads where, you know, you've got your regional squads that mm -hmm. invest, you know, if you had a murder, you investigated it. Oh, right, you know. so we, we did have a good range of jobs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Any memorable ones? Yeah, attempted murder I, I interviewed, I dealt with. I dealt with a serial house burglar that we, we, we got, got caught. Uh, possession with intense supply. There was a, there was a guy that uh, um, we'd got the inf information on uh, and he plugged and uh, he was on constant watch um while we uh well the, the tea that he was being given that had got uh, something to encourage him to uh, part part with his goods was waiting to take effect and then he'd have the wheel imported little that we used to have um the cop that was watching him uh, took his eye off him for a minute and the guy suddenly popped his hand down his uh, back and uh, again and then he whoop, straightened his mouth and uh, he had to be encouraged to uh, cough it up, mm. which uh, I didn't do, I'll at least I had, but yeah. somebody did, and uh, it was an upper punch, mm. just uh, just below the ribcage, and this guy uh, projectile volleted this uh, package, and it still got brown bits on it. Oh, and I, 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 yeah, I, did, I was, did, you, did you catch it? <laughs> oh, hey, 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 by this, by this time, I'm in trap three, uh, emptying, emptying my stomach, because I, I couldn't... Oh, oh, it was awful. Yeah. It was yeah. awful. That's <laughs> so how, how long was you in CID for then? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. And is that when you did, where you did your sergeants then? So uh, at the time, at the time, yeah, I'd, I'd been, I think I held the record in my force for the maximum number of times. I passed part one, but I could never get through part two. Right. And I know I know I used to go for the uh, part two that used to come around every year. Um, it got to the point where you, you present your documentation and you present your warrant card, and the guy I'd been there for five, I'd been there five consecutive years to do part two, and he knew me. And he went here again. Well, <laughs> 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 I was I was fortunate enough. I got through on my fifth attempt, and, uh, and then I got promoted into uniform, and I, and I was fortunate enough to actually be in the station that I'd, I'd already been working as a as a PC and a DC. When you went through that process with your part two so many times, looking back now, was that pointless? Was it? madness it was madness and what was frustrating for me was that the force that i was stationed I, I, I worked for they would not allow me to act unless i got part two mm -hmm. and so effectively you were you were you were going as as, as a constable mm. who's passed the theory but not have an opportunity to do the job yeah so you were going to to these assessment centers and um yeah, there were officers there. They've been active for six months, mm. so they've got into the role, they've got the responsibility, they've got the experience. Um, one of the things that interestingly changed was what what used to happen when you did the part two. You'd, you'd get your you'd get your book and the the, 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 the stations, and you'd all start at a different position, yeah. Yeah. and you'd then 
you, 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 the buzzer would sound, you'd go in yeah. and, hello Mr Smith, I, I'm such and such and you start to deal with, the, deal with the situation and then eventually the buzzer would sound and then you'd get up and you'd move and you'd yeah. walk around. Yeah. It changed uh, towards the end where you actually stayed in yeah. this one particular... That's how mine was done. Yeah. 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 Um, but one of, one of my colleagues, um, he, uh, he, was, he, he was doing his exam and he got cut short and he needed to be put to the loo. So when he, he thought he'd got a couple of minutes and oh, he, he's, he's, he's in the loo and the buzzer went and this person came in and they started looking around, <laughs> hello, hello, hello. The next thing, the toilet flushed and he came out and he's not even had a chance to wash his hands. So yeah, this, this he sort of holds his hand out to handshake and this, this role play went, <laughs> <laughs> that was messed with thoughts. Did he pass? I can't remember. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't remember. But yeah, got to, eventually got through part two. Um, I mean, the frustrating thing about it was 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 because of the, the 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 regulations, you had two attempts at part two, and if you failed, you'd have to take part one again. Oh, and oh, there was yeah. many holidays that we had. Uh, well, there was two holidays that we had where we, we were there. Uh, having just been notified you've, you've failed and you've got to start again mm. and we'll be on holiday and I'd have the Blackstones manual but, but I'd have it covered with something else sitting yeah. around the pool while the yeah. kids are swimming trying to get cramming in so yeah. they could get the exam passed together yeah they always pick a, pick a time of year oh, it was, it was, it was, was moment the same I was studied all the way through the summer it was terrible two young kids it was terrible yeah. it was terrible and I'd always said to the kids look look, look whatever you do don't ever tell uh, anybody that dad's in the police because they'll always come along they always want to come and sit beside you and sort of this yeah. so um so so anyway as the kids were getting older they says well dad what, what should we tell them if they say what, what what do you do i said to them tell them i'm in pest control pest <laughs> control <laughs> I, said, I said and they'll leave me alone yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose it's kind of the same thing really very similar, similar skill yeah. Well, yeah. well i just thought i just it was just trying to be creative that's yeah. it so how long was you a sergeant for then? Uh, sergeant for, I believe, let me see, I think it was about seven seven years in okay. total, of which some of that time I did actually spend active. Yeah, okay. So did you do any, was, it, was that all uniform? Uh, yeah, all in uniform. All in uniform. All in uniform. Um, first started, as soon as I got promoted, you went and did your, your, your custody course, um, and then you literally were, were basically warned that as soon as the slot came in, you were in, mm. and you, you, you couldn't argue. You, you've got to take it. Um, so I did. I did. I did uh, response for a few months, then got stuck for custody. Mm. Um, managed eventually to to get out. Was a neighbourhood sergeant for quite a while. That was interesting. Yeah. Meeting the public and attending panel meetings and listening to complaints about dog kids shit. and dog shit and speeding. Yeah. And, Peacocks uh, getting zandy at night and all that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I did that and then um, eventually went, went back into response to get the experience yeah. for, to become an inspector. Right. Tell us a bit about uh, being a custody sergeant. How did you get on with that? Do you take for that? Uh, the thing about it is, is um, because you're the person dealing with the suspect, it's easier if you've got an understanding and you've got a, a, a level of communication where, you know, I, I'm here, I don't really want to be here, you're here and you don't want to be here, let's make the best of it. And don't rub me up the wrong way and I'll not rub you up the wrong way. And I remember one DI came in one day 
and uh, I've had this guy, he, he, was, he was renowned for being really nasty, and um, I'd, I'd, but with me it was fine, he had not been a problem, I, I used to say to him, you know, ring the bell if you want to go out for a fag, we'll take you out into the yard, you know, I'll, I'll come and join you, I'll have a cup of coffee, we'll shoot the breeze and we'll just have a chat. Mm. Great, great relationship, great understanding. This bloody DI comes in and he starts uh, mouthing off in front of this individual and oh, I'm going to have you remanded, and I'm gonna, you're not having them busy. Oh, this guy went up like a bottle. It all went, oh, went up like a bottle of pop. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, so then he was a pain in the arse mm. for the rest of the time he was in custody. And, you know, I, I went to see this DI and I said, thanks very much, you know, you've made my rest of my shift yeah. great. Mm. For nothing. Exactly. For nothing. Yeah, exactly. And probably got less out of it. Oh, yeah. 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 You see, our custody changes. You reminded me now, actually, of going down into the custody suite. Certainly, some of the older nicks we worked at before, where the new ones in, in, in our force, and saying to the custody sergeant, uh, "I just need to have a quick, uh, quick word with him. Is it all right? Take him out for a fag." Yeah. Yeah. Take him out for a fag. Have that's a quick not, chat. That's not. Good, not you don't do it now. Don't do it. No. Having a fag used to be well, one of the best ways of calming everything down and yeah. getting what you wanted. Well, one, one, you can't have those types of chats anymore, can you? Yeah, yeah. And two, no. you, you certainly can't take them out for a fag anymore, can yeah. you? Yeah. I mean, one that? fag, it was almost certainly sort of borderline not guilty. But after two, three fags, it's like, oh, it's a straightforward cop. <laughs> yeah, and some TICs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to look at, you've got to look at it now, custody suites, every, everywhere is videoed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's, 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 it's there, ultimately, to protect the officers from mm. any allegations that are made as well. So yeah. you've just got to be mindful of it. Um, what was the custody suite like that you worked out? Was it a big suite? I worked, it, I, worked it several, I worked in several custody suites. The first, when I first started, it was video, but it wasn't audio. Right. Um, but then, they, they, yeah, yeah, that, that, that was that. that was so that you thing. had to do sort of hand signals to be engaging whilst saying other things. Well, there, there was a, there was a couple of occasions when um, I had to consider bail, and uh, uh, the person's response, the person's responses to my comments. Caused me to caused me to feel that it was inappropriate for them to be released on bail. Um, I can't really go on record as to say what I said, but <laughs> it, was, it was something of I don't really like you, and uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Do over time, but yeah, yeah, it was it was it was an interesting time. Hmm. And how do you feel about the uh, the change from sergeants making any decisions on charging? Because back in the day, it was well, like, you know, yeah, what we're going to charge. I, I mean, I mean, just before we move on to that, Mark, one of the other changes that that you might remember is um, before safer detention came in. You know, you'd open the cell door, and you'd have to read the name out because you open the cell door, and there'd be three or four sat in sat, sat in the cell, oh, yeah. sat in the cell. You'd be saying, "Oh, uh, Mr. Smith, please," and oh, it's my turn, is it? And then they get up, and there's something they'd be having a card school going or something mm. like that in yeah. the cell. So there'd be three or four prisoners in, but of course when safety detention came in and obviously I was a custody sergeant and I, I never ever doubled up because obviously you, 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 you run the risk of, oh, is he going to kill him or something yeah. like that? But yeah, I mean that was a norm yeah, when yeah. I was very young in service yeah. and more than my prisoner at the time. Yeah, yeah well the only time I can remember it being like that was when you used to run up contain, container, was it? Oh, yeah. that's right, when the prisoners, prisons were full. Full, yeah. Yeah, we had, we got to, we, we had that when it was strange ways and um, we used to work rest days looking after them yeah. and, and, and two of the cells were set aside for the container prisoners um, and then uh, the, the rest of the cells were, were for pace prisoners and of course because you're, you're dealing with them on your days off and you let and you let them choose a video for watching because just cause, because they're sentenced prisoners yeah they had, they had rights that to, you know you, you had to adhere to and uh, you know we get they, they start to tell you by your first name 
which is not very ideal, but it is yeah. what it is. And I remember this one particular uh, guy from Manchester, and uh, this uh, uh, policewoman had, had, had uh, made this arrest, and this guy was struggling, kicking off, and he's, he's brought down the, the gate and he's putting this, he's putting to the he's putting to the cell, and uh, he's shouting and he's shouting what he's going to do to this policewoman when he gets out. So this uh, guy from Manchester. Um, he shouldn't have done it, and he, 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 the officers that were supposed to be supervising him got ticking off. He went and opened the cell trap, and he uh, he said something like that, and this guy come to the cell door, and he just just smacked him straight in the face and said, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a lovely lady, she looks after us all the time, <laughs> and, you're, and you're an elf. Oh, <laughs> I bet he got, did, did he get some extra snap and a couple of extra and then, hot and then, chocolates? And then, and then put the trap, and then put the, 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 the <laughs> trap up. But yeah, yeah, which is, which is. So you, um, so you, when you got promoted to inspector, then were you responsible for pace prisoners as well as respond? I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the reason for that is I just want to ask you, can, what do you think about all the changes that came in? Because now, when you go in for you being being detained, honestly, it's like it's like the uh, the custody sergeant's got to be a social worker, yeah. psychiatrist, psychologist. Mm. You know, or it's it's incredible the the list that they have to go oh, through now. You, the the pre-release risk assessment that you have to read. To uh, you know, um, right? Um, are you likely to get a shoeing as a result of uh, breaking into this person's house and mm. nicking this person's car? You know, is there any measures that we need to put in place to protect you? And you know, it's, it's end of the day, they've, they've been out banging crime out. So yeah. you know, yeah. And so you saw the significant changes. Yeah, saw significant changes. Yeah. For the better, yeah. for the worse. Well, ultimately, I can see. I, I know why it came about, but uh, um, yeah, from a obviously a seasoned, experienced cop. Uh, I, I used to think, crikey, why are we doing this? But mm. yeah, th there was a need for it because there were instances where, well, when some people, they, they were so vulnerable, they wouldn't admit it, mm. but ultimately, if things weren't put in place, they'd just go out and commit crime to get back in. Mm. So they, they, they weren't going to get hurt. hurt. Right. Oh, well, I've mm. occasionally, certainly around about Christmas time, when people would, would want to get nicked. Just so they could be somewhere warm and dry and get oh, yeah. at Christmas. Oh yeah, sad. Yeah. Get Christmas dinner. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, after being the custody sergeant, where did you move on from there? Well, having uh, having gone back into response to build up some experience, I was unfortunate enough to having done a spell of acting to then get promoted to uniform inspector um, in response. Um, I got moved very quickly, although at the time the force policy was that you got to stay in the position for two years uh, and I pointed out I've only been here three months and the superintendent said uh, uh, we want you to go and do this particular job and I said I don't really want to do it it's going to cost me a lot of money a lot of traveling and after three times when he came to see me he said you've got no you've got no choice in this he says the division commanders said you've got to go uh, and I went and I ended up doing a, a neighborhood uh, job uh, miles away, incurring a lot of mileage on the car. Neighbourhood inspector. Neighbourhood inspector. Yeah. And the uh, at the Christmas time, the divisional commander came made a point of coming out and speaking to all of the officers. He, he came to see me and he said, I just want to thank you for volunteering for this position. I said, <laughs> I said, I said volunteering? I said, volunteering for this shit all? I said, I, I, I was told I had no choice. I said, the superintendent told me, you said, it's not negotiable, you're here. And he said, well, he, he, he told me he volunteered. I said, is it outright? And I'm not going to say it. And he told <laughs> <laughs> We didn't say he's a bloody liar. Press, press gang. 
Wow. Yeah. So I suffered in silence, and I eventually managed to get out. You did and, your time, and, and I did my time. Yeah. And yeah, because I've not ruffled any feathers, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got, a, I got a position that I wanted. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I did, uh, I did response, and yeah, I mean, the force that I was in, um, the response inspector catered for pace, catered for all missing persons, catered for incident management. Had to review all domestic incidents, make sure they've been dealt with properly. Uh, complaints, uh, and obviously lots of welfare. And there was many a time I'd be taking work home with me because mm. I just didn't have time during work during the day. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, some some forces that, that I've I've come into contact with, they don't follow that model. Um, they have dedicated pace inspectors. Mm. Um, and then they have other other inspectors that just cater for one particular field. But yeah. unfortunately, the force that I was in didn't see that uh, that was necessary. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, you know, I was burnt out at the end of the week. Yeah, I think it was too, it sounds like it was just too much. I think looking I, back, was it too much? Yeah, I, I honestly say it's, it was too much. Um, and ultimately, um, I had an opportunity to get out. Uh, and I went to work for professional standards for uh, to cover a period, uh, and I I relished that. I really did enjoy it because um, being the inspector um, was a very sort of standoffish role. Uh, although on a Friday and Saturday night when I was response, I always used to go out and join in with my team and lead from the front, which I know is probably a bit corny, but it's the way I've been brought up mm. by the by the officers that I'd work with. Um, but I, I could never have a deal with any detainees and didn't, couldn't interview, which is something I'd always loved. Mm. So when I went into professional standards, obviously I was then investigating complaints, I was interviewing people, and I, I, I would have stayed there for the rest of my service, but I had to move on because there, there was some blue-eyed person that the ACC wanted to put in and I had to move. Mm. Ah, oh, right. Real Any particular agenda, blue-eyed person? Uh, I couldn't possibly say, but I'll leave, I'll leave it, I'll leave it face to you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We okay, we, 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 I'm sure we can read between the lines on that one, boss. Um, so yeah, PSD then. PSD. How did you feel was it, about was it starting? PSD or was it complaints and discipline? Has it changed to PSD? Uh, professional standards. It was department. PSD. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 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 it used to be C and D, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. Did any of your former pals that you've been working with suddenly start? Ooh, they've got to be careful. Well, what you say the thing about the no, 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 because I used to, I still used to continue playing golf with them. But but I mean the the point that I made is that um, you know I swore to uphold the Queen's peace uh, and, and, and do, do my job to the best of my ability and I turned around and I said if I'm dealing with cops that are breaking the law or doing something stupid and, and obviously breaching the standards of professional conduct I said at the end of the day they've got to be dealt with because they're letting everybody down I said so I haven't got a problem with that um, the, the, the philosophy that I was always accused of was that we were accused of actually going out looking for mm. cops, and I, I was able to t- immediately, do, you know, disprove that. I turned around and I said, "Look, you know, we're only a relatively small department." I said, "And we've all got a really big workload, but we don't have to go out looking for it." I said, "Because at the end of the day, there's so many idiots out there that are doing stuff that they should know better." I said, "And you know, I'm, I've, I've got no problem dealing with them." Mm. I mean, one of the things that crops up now these are things like um, allegations that PSD are trolling through social media to find things. Well, I'd say there, well, there's been a couple of to- topical things, uh, Phil, and we could perhaps talk about them and get your view on them. It's not, it's not a 
not a test by any means. It's just uh, do you want another one? No, I'm fine, mate. Thanks. It's um. So, are you on social media? I'm on Facebook. Right. I've so only joined Facebook since I left the police. Right. Okay. And is that because you didn't want to get yourself into any? No, I just. I, well, the thing about it was was when I was in PSD, there was a few occasions where we had to deal with people for posting stuff on Facebook mm. that was completely inappropriate. Well, okay, so and, yeah. and, and I, I, I obviously, and, I, and I'm not a computer computer whiz, um, and I basically got, went onto Facebook and I got my kids to set up all my security settings. Yeah. And I and I've obviously got a very very limited number of friends that I trust that obviously uh, are ex job or, or or still in the job. And the only reason I went to on, went to Facebook was to keep in touch with them. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so are you aware of a uh, social media Facebook site called Bullshire Police? I've heard of it. I've heard of it, but I've never been on it. Oh, right, okay. So it's a uh, satire. A satirical. A satirical thing. thing and, and they're very accurate in their, in their satirical views. Allegedly. Of, allegedly, allegedly. Of how certain management structures within police organisations throughout the UK, they don't just target certain individual forces. It's, it's national. And there's been an email recently come out from a local force to not far where far away from where we are, saying you're not to engage with Bullshire Police. Really? Yeah. So, right or wrong? What do you think? Well, I, I suppose that's a different, different question because you've not really seen much of Bullshire No, I haven't seen it, so I don't, I don't really know the content of it. Do you feel that there's any movement in freedom of speech from over the last 10 years? or during the length of time of your service, do you feel that it's more difficult to openly discuss issues, whether it be of sex, race, or the different Gender, types of genders? Yeah. yeah. There's certainly been a, a, a massive change, because when I first joined, you had the canteen culture, where, okay. where, there, were, where there, was, there was, you know, cops would sort of and st culture. stand in the corner and start rattling on a, oh, such and such as, uh, Got got a girlfriend and and mm. whatever and you know a boyfriend's in the job and he's 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 going around when he's on nights and such things like that. so there'd be there'd, yeah. there'd be there'd be little calls like that. what I actually saw uh, and I actually really really welcomed was obviously when officers started to uh, disclose that they were homosexual and gay and you know it was reflective of the community that they served and, mm. and at the end of the day um, I certainly. There was officers that were making comments, that were making suspicions, but very quickly, because of the way that the, the modern day police service is, and, it, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I think it's a success, a success story, is that you know inappropriate comments, inappropriate behaviour was stamped out very, very early on, and standards were set. And at the end of the day, because, because the, 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 there'd been such successes, the officers that wanted to, uh, I hate the word, come out, but basically, to disclose that yeah. they were they were not heterosexual, they were homosexual. Uh, I, I just I, I felt it was really really a, a good turn mm. in, the, in in my police career, and I thought, crikey, we are turning the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah on that, I, I would agree with you, absolutely. But you know, we've, we've often had discussions about humour, um, and you know, remember the old jokes when you was a kid. Yeah. You know what? Type, you know, are they that offensive? Or, or the, you know, is it or is it people choosing to be offended? I, I mean, these are probably just you know more like 
Um, well, they were talking about the Irishman, Irishman, Englishman, mm, and Scotsman, mm. and I suppose, but, but I suppose people now have a, a right to say that they're offended, mm. aren't they? And, and where perhaps they wouldn't have said anything before and would be more inclined to be listened to now, but there does seem to be, just to me as, a, as an old git, rather too much to get offended at. Well, well I think, I, don't know. I remember when I joined the police, cops saying to me that you give up certain, um, certain rights when you become a cop, you know. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that's yeah. I know what you say. You get that, but at the same time, you are then bestowed with a lot of powers and privileges as well. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. A lot. So it is a unique position. But to, to have an organisation that you work for to tell you that you cannot engage with a, a social media account. Yeah. That. It, well, the thing well, about it, 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 it was disparaging about the, the police service. Well, it, we wouldn't say it was disparaging. It, no, it's very satirical. No. The theme, it? I think, is generally about policing. Is it yeah. positive well, it's a role? It is. But but taking the Mickey out of the the areas in which. Well, there, was, aren't there, great. there used to be a, a number of books written, weren't there, by PC? Is it Copper Copperfield Copper? Yes. And, uh, and, uh, yes, and, and right. that that was a swipe at the organisation, and that was that was being that was written mm. anonymously by a serving police officer, who actually eventually got found. Mm. found out. Oh, did he? What uh, happened? I think I think if I'm, I, I stand corrected, but I think I think he got forced to leave because no, it was really some of the stuff. There was it was sort of commenting on was too close to the knuckle. No. Um, but in terms of what you're saying there, um, I mean obviously what you're doing in your own time. Uh, in privacy of your own home and what you're looking at, as long as you're obviously not committing any criminal offences, um, and you're not then emphasising it and broadcasting it as you're a police officer, I'd struggle to see how anybody's going to actually find out that you're doing it. But going back to regarding you know inappropriate behaviour and, and, and what you're saying there about um, one of the one of the th things that I introduced very quickly when I became a sergeant, um, there's always sexual innuendo and it's, you, you, you're female police officers on your shift mm -hmm. and the last thing I needed to deal with was, was, was officers coming up saying I'm not happy with mm. them. So what I did were very very early on in, in, in my uh, career as a sergeant and I moved on into as an inspector was when I got the team together I used to say to them right you're going to be dealing and you're going to be mixing with female officers and female uh, members of the community so all I would like to say to you is apply this standard deal with them as you would expect your mother, your sister or your wife to be dealt with in the workplace or when she comes into contact with a, with a police officer. I said if you follow those principles you're not going to fall wrong. You won't go wrong. Mm. Yeah. And it, it, it helped, it, it got, well it, hopefully I think it kept, kept me at a game a lot, a lot yeah. of grief. Okay, so another one then that's, that's very topical and it's, it's we've seen it today, uh, news, a, new, a press release. So, <laughs> I'm sorry I can't, I, there's a serving police officer who's going to a misconduct hearing um, on the 15th of September for making a comment in July last year right. and the comment was made to a British Asian cop as right. a result of the British Asian cop saying, saying discussing the about the longevity of an Asian uh, individual who lived to the age of 105 right. and this cop turned around and said I better start eating curry then oh my god so He's now facing a misconduct. Is it gross misconduct? Uh, yeah, it must be gross misconduct because he faces dismissal. Yeah. If that landed on your desk. So as a as a was this inspector on PSD. Yeah. So if that landed on your desk, it's not a test. You know, it's just what. How would you? What would you think? What would you, what do you think? God, the world's gone mad. Or I think the first thing I'd want to look at 
is I'd want to speak to the the person that received that comment that that that, uh, that it was directed at, and I'd want to see how it impacted on them, how they felt about it. Did they feel that that comment had been made maliciously, it had been made um, with intent to cause uh, annoyance to to the agent officer, or was it just a, a silly throwaway comment that wasn't made intentionally mm -hmm. to cause any sort of harm? Um, and I'd be, certainly that would be my starting point in terms of where we're going to go with it. Um, obviously, what does happen is in terms of officers that face this sort of be, this sort of outcome, it's not necessarily the first time, or the, or, or the they will have had a, 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 a record of previous misconduct that has is on the personal record. Yeah, yeah. Professional standards have access to, yeah. and it may be it's just the final. You are really quite level-headed, aren't you? I mean, you're ideally suited to the role, whereas Fletch and I obviously would have been a complete disaster in PSD. Well, I just, I was flabbergasted when I read it. I was yeah. just like, oh, yeah. yeah. I would really, it's, well, it's already yeah. taken the time. Well, you, see, you see, that's one of the things that's always annoyed me throughout my police career, is that there'll be articles published in the press, and the people, the public read it, and straight away, like cells, you've only got half a story. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and straight away, and straight away, it's oh, the cops, are, the police services, this, the police services, that. I've always maintained the police. Whenever something's been been published, if it's not accurate, we should defend ourselves and we should say, right, with regards to that, it's not actually factually correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't very been very good. Not at been doing very good that, at we? it. Well, we've never done it. We're there to be shot down, but we don't necessarily defend ourselves. Yeah. And, I, and I think going forward, that's just something that the police should be looking mm -hmm. at doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I think Pretty Patel was quite good at that as well, wasn't she? You know the uh, was it the Sarah Everard vigil, where uh, yeah. during the COVID um, it was restrictions, yeah. it was hijacked allegedly yeah, by the yeah. yeah, yeah. And after the investigation, it was proved that the police acted, you know, completely legitimately in accordance yeah. with yeah. the laws, yeah. in accordance with the the, the, the guidelines, the guidelines, the social distancing, yeah, all yeah. all of that yeah. weren't heavy-handed. There's no excessive use of force. And then as soon as that's coming out, Pretty Patel comes out and says. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, but on the night, she, she, she was quoted yeah. as saying, that doesn't look very good. Yeah, that doesn't look yeah, very good. Yeah, I'm not very happy about that. Oh, come on. Two weeks later, yeah, I knew my officers were yeah. dying. Yeah. So we should be better at defending them. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Do you, um, did you ever have any jobs land on your desk um, you thought, prior to investigation, what the hell is this doing coming into PSD? Or was it always worthy of investigation? Um, there was certainly a, a, a few occasions that came out, and I just, I just used to think, why has anybody wasted the time filling mm. this in? Because ultimately, whenever I used to get uh, have to deal with a complaint, not necessarily in professional standards or when I was in response, you'd, you'd deal with a member of the public and you'd speak to them and you'd say, what do you actually want out of this? Mm -hmm. And it'd be a case of, well, I'm not very happy. Um, I appreciate the cop probably had a bad day. Uh, I just want them to be aware that yeah. I'm not particularly happy and for to reflect on it. All right, okay. Now under under regulations, you'd have to record it. You know, I'm not saying I did that every time because sometimes mm. I've got other things to do. But certainly, you know, get the officer in and point it out to them. Mm. Uh, I remember one occasion when I was when I was a a, 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 a sergeant. There'd been this uh, incident involving a car, a make of car, 
where it had allegedly drove very, very slowly past the school and it had raised a bit of a concern that, hang on, they'd seen some incident occur in another part of the country and suddenly this had happened here on our doorstep. It's, it's obviously that it's going to be related or it's going to be a similar sort of thing. Yeah. And it's obviously because of children in proximity. And this particular PCSO um, was was on patrol and this car, make a car, same make a car, parked up. And he just turned around and he said, uh, I, I won't want to be um, uh, driving one of them for the next week or two because uh, you're more than likely going to get stopped a few times. Stupid comment to make. The woman was going through all sorts of trauma and she was highly strung and she was very, very upset. Um, the way I dealt with it was I got, with agreement from both of them, I got the victim who wanted to have her say and I got the officer in and I mediated between the two. And I said, right, I want you to listen to what this lady's got to say. And she relayed the awful experience that had happened. And then suddenly, on this one particular day, this cop had made this stupid, well, it was a PCSO at the time, it made this stupid comment and she wanted him to understand. And he mm. said, I, I had absolutely no idea that that, that, that stupid comment I made I would have had that impact. He says, I, I'm really, really, really sorry. And he says, I assure you, I will always think before I speak in future. And I really, really want to say I'm sorry. This woman was more happy. Mm. Job done. Job done. Yeah. Yeah. Job done. A more pragmatic approach. Yeah. Mm. And did you use that tactic on more than one occasion? To that, get was, that, was the, that was that was the probably the best appropriate uh, for that for that particular way of dealing with it. Um, but some of the times, I mean, what what I used to hate was dealing with people that were making complaints that I knew were I knew were absolute rubbish. Mm. And um, I can't go into too much detail, but uh, there was one particular incident where an officer was alleged to have forced the way in. Um, to a premise to effect an arrest from somebody and an accusation was made that they'd forced the door open and caused injury to the, this person. Um, I was able to view CCTV from inside the premise and clearly show that it hadn't happened and uh, when I... When I um, reported this back because I was no longer in PSD and I said, uh, I'm going out to nick this individual now for wasting police time. And it was, oh, don't do that, don't do that. Don't yeah, that. That's, what yeah. that's always been something I've found particularly annoying, is that no matter how outrageous the allegation, mm. no matter how much potential damage could be caused to an individual, their family, their yeah. way of life, yeah. their future, nothing ever happens or would appear to ever happen to the people who make those allegations. Yeah, I, I, I put, again, I, I, I think the way that um, moving on, that would be an easy, would be a better way of dealing with it. Mm. It would discourage your, your, you know, your vexatious complainers mm. yeah. that, that, that make these the city stories up. Mm. Um, the way that I resolved that, I visited the individual and I pointed it out that uh, their account was an absolute fabrication and I got them to sign mm. to withdraw the complaint. Which um, yeah, I was I was I was satisfied. I'd 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 uh, done my job, and then I personally visited the officer when I saw them, and pointed it out to them. And he said, "We've never even been to see me." And I said, "I didn't mean to. I'd seen the CCTV, so mm. you were innocent." Yeah, yeah. It's funny how times have changed again. You know, my sergeant said to me, "If you're not getting complaints, you're not doing job properly." Yeah, yeah, that was that was a comment very very early in the service. Um, one comment was was you can't make an omelet without breaking an egg. Mm. And yeah, I know what you're saying. Did you get any complaints? I've got a few complaints. Come on, let's share a couple of complaints.
Well, uh, before, um, just before we go that, so you asked the question about, you know, did you get some jobs landing on your desk where you thought, oh, did you get some jobs that landed on your desk when immediately you went, oh, game on. Oh, yeah. God, this, yeah. Is, this is not really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's was, there was some, yeah. like, some that led to offices having to leave the force. Was it yeah. fast track kind of stuff? Did you ever yeah, look at something and thought it was, was dealt, it was dealt with as quickly as possible. Mm, right. Um, yeah. 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 And were they dishonesty offences? Were they uh, dishonesty? Uh, dishonesty, dishonesty primarily, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, what you expect? And they're not. The the, the force is better off without them. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Then, then the day, you know, we're in a privileged we're in a privileged position. We're going in to deal with the most vulnerable people, and they're expecting a, mm. a level of professionalism. Mm. And now, just yeah, better off without them. That's what yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Cool. Mm. How about your complaints? Well, you see, the in the early days. Um, what we used to have, we used to have the, the old complaint system prior to the Taylor report coming out. Um, and basically what used to happen... What year was that then? Oh, I can't remember now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking... In, it was in the 80s, 80s when right. I was a PC. Yeah. Um, and I remember we, I'd, I'd locked... I'd locked a burger up and, you know, we'd had a bit of a tussle because he was struggling and ended up getting decked and cuffs got put on. And the usual scenario yeah. where is scuff marks on the wrists yeah. um, and the accusation is of excessive force mm. so lo and behold you get a visit and on that particular at that time you used to get regulation 15 notice served on no regulation 9, nine. notice served on you and you've got no idea where it's at so you, you've got the you've got the, this part where it could be a warning or this part where it's going to be a job loser mm. you've got absolutely no idea and the complaints then used to take a long time to be dealing with um, and what you were doing is, is you you've been investigated criminally, and you're also being investigated uh, for the uh, misconduct at Ellen Solid. Um and that was that was an awful experience. I, I absolutely hated that because you just didn't know where you were with it. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, when the Taylor report came in, it, it, it basically was reflective of what happens outside uh, in in normal w- working practices. And basically, what happened is is, is when a complaint is made. You carry out the, the the inspector in PSD. When they receive the complaint, they actually make an assessment and they look at it and say, it, and obviously based upon the officer's background, you know, is is, is this person on their last strike or mm. is this a first occasion? And they look at it and they say, is it gross misconduct or is it misconduct? If it's misconduct, it's the worst. It's going to be is a written warning. So you, when you when the notice is then served on the officer, you can explain that to them. Mm. This is the, this is where it is. Look, that's where it's ticked. And then you need to just make sure you're federal aware mm. so you get the representation. I mean, that was fantastic when that came in. Um, and and it, was, it, was, yeah, it was something that, uh, yeah, it was reflecting. It, it was long overdue because at the end of the day, I, I, I had many sleepless nights thinking, oh, God, mm. many. You know, this is, it, it didn't happen. But then Do you think that affected how you dealt with people when you were in PSD yourself about your probably, experiences yeah. of being on the receiving Pro- end? Of probably, the yeah, because at the end of the day, um, you know, I'd, I'd have complaints made about me that were completely unfounded, um, and I felt because of how long it took that um, yeah, it, it was awful. Uh, that that's still the, the case though, isn't it? Even though now there's this new system, the the length of time it takes to investigate yeah. 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 certain complaints that aren't fast tracked. Yeah. So you, I mean, you're a prime example, aren't you? For yeah. your your complaint yeah. of failing to disclose. You were in a relationship, predator, with uh, a. Yeah. No, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you passed it. Uh, eighteen months. Eighteen months. Uh, about eighteen months. But then again, also there was a um, uh, the case where a lad uh, alleged that I'd assaulted him, and it was right under CCTV, uh, and he 
claims I've pushed him up against this wall and, and you know, been aggressive with him. The CCTV clearly shows that that wasn't the case, and yet that still took nine months, something like that. Yeah, uh, whilst they said, well, we've got to gather evidence from everybody at the scene. Well, hang on a minute. It's there on camera. Yeah. No matter how many statements you get, yeah. it's there on camera. Well, did we get the statement? Yeah. My first, my first experience of PFD was I went in, I went in an attachment as a sergeant, and um, we've got to, we've got to go to, we've got to go to a prison to get a statement from somebody that made a complaint, and um, uh, I was a sergeant, I was with this inspector, and I was the one that was going to so it's all been peace trained. So under the peace model. You'd sit down, you'd ask them to explain what had happened, you'd go through the account, you'd then make some notes, you'd then read it through, say, right, can I just verify that's how we're going to go with this? Um, this inspector said, forget peace. He says, just put the statement for me in, in front of you. He said, just write what they say, word for word, as they say it. He says, it's their statement. And I went, it goes against all my training. He went, just don't worry about it. It'll all become apparent. He says, as you'll see and anyway we took, I took this uh, statement from this guy and he, he started off cocky because he walked 14 and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get a cop sacked and he came in and because he, he was given a statement so he didn't have a solicitor it was just him and I said right I need to take a statement from you and he literally just started off that uh, he was in this location with his girlfriend for some reason this police van suddenly arrived they all jumped out and systematically took uh, uh, opportunities to deck him on the floor, punch him and kick him. He then got took to the custody suite, he got carried in and his head was used to open the door. He got he got punched by the custody sergeant and I and I I'm, I'm into writing all this and I'm thinking, oh my god, this, yeah, this is terrible. This, this is shocking. Yeah. This is absolutely shocking. Yeah. So he did really just went over the top in yeah. terms of his complaint. What I'd, I'd, I'd observed just having to record it. Um you know there's several pages. And I said, right, okay, that's it. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll be in touch. So we'd, we'd obviously got copies of pocketbooks. We went and viewed the CCTV. And this guy mar has been marched in and he's aggressive. He's been restrained. He's no, no bruises on him or anything like that. And he immediately spits in the custody sergeant's face. And, uh, and that's why the custody sergeant. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's that's To be, to be absolutely right. honest, no, there was nobody actually yeah. struck him. There, there was a there was a degree there of self control yeah. by the officer, but he got took down to the cell block, which was called that CCTV incident to have. Yeah, all you yeah, asked. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> no, so ultimately, this guy had over embellished this complaint. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it was there, mm. and so in that instance. None of the officers had form served on them. None of them were asked to give an account. Yeah. And, and it is true, it is the offenders can't stop themselves yeah, well, talking complete. So I suppose, well, that, I suppose that in that way, you write in every, allowing yeah. them to just, you know, yeah. Yeah. Keep, you keep going. Put it this way, the penny dropped yeah. when I was getting onto page three and I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, all right, I, I know where this, going, yeah, I know where yeah, this yeah. is going. Yeah, fantastic. That's awful. Anything else happened? Oh, yeah. Well, I think we're about at the end of this uh, this one. Well, Phil, I think it's been great. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've enjoyed it. So, could you sum up your um, in in one sentence? Could you sum up your thirty year career? Would you? So obviously, you would. Would you do it all over again, starting now in this day and age? Not now. Oh. Not, not now. I've discouraged uh, my sons from joining. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I I I feel that the police service has got to go full circle again, because 
Hopefully ultimately, you've got you've got a culture now of, of, of people joining the police service, and instead of joining with the intent that it's going to be a career, they come in just to test it, to see if it's for them, and even even when they're they're trained, they get an accreditation that they can then take to another employer. Mm. And this has come from this has come from HR that mm. they've got this certificate that they can have. And I'm saying, well, hang on a minute, I joined with the intent of doing 30 years. You're actually saying. And they said, well, this is what we're actually finding, that, that the sum coming, they're only doing two or three years, and think, it's not for me. But I think perhaps there is an agenda of that from the government anyway, because they don't want you in for 30 years because you cost too much money to expense. Perhaps. You are too expensive. Perhaps so, yeah, perhaps so. But that's my personal view. They, they're moving towards a more military style where people join and they stay for five years, seven years, nine years, and then move on to a different career. Well, well look, at, look at what's on the agenda, what, what, what is, is in. You can now join as an inspector at direct entry mm. with a degree. Mm. What do you think about that? Uh, I've got my reservations. The thing about it is, is I I, I did my apprenticeship. Mm. I learned the hard way. Mm. Um, what I had the benefit of is I had an opportunity to deal to to work with some really good coppers, some great sergeants, some real idiot sergeants that I didn't really like, and some cracking inspectors. And so whenever I got promoted. I basically picked a little bit of, oh, I like what they did. Yeah, so yeah. That, that was good. And, you know, I, 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 that's the way I'm going to work. And one of the, one of my particular way of dealing with, 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 with cops was I would always publicly praise them that you've done a fantastic job. I really want to say, you've been great today. It's a team effort. We've gone there. We've got a result. Victim's happy. You know, when we, when we get a chance, it'll be beers on me, lads. Thanks very much. But when it came to the officers that I was dealing with who copped up, it was always done in private because mm. there was nothing worse than being bollocked in front of everybody. I used to hate it as a PC. Yeah, yeah, and there's no need for well, it. There's no need for no. it. You, you're, belitt you're belittling and undermining them. Mm. Well, I've known you for a short while, Phil, but you sound like I thought you were a cracking <laughs> inspector. Yeah. No, <laughs> you're done for me, boss. Yeah, well. Mm. Okay, it's a pleasure having you on. Okay. And uh, I'm now on my can of triple point brewing. What's this called? Oh, well, I'm on. Well, I'm I had number five. Well, guys, I wish I could join you, but yeah, I can say I, I'm not finished. I'm not finishing that uh, full can of beer because that double the, scattered yeah, the there was a bit left in there. Yeah, no, I'm not going to touch it. I want to get home and uh, mine is uh, mine is key lime pie oh, pastry like salad. It's very like key lime pie. Can I have a little? Yeah, have a taste. Anyway, so on that note, oh, quick one: Blue Line Tactical clothing. Don't forget fl Flucker's ten discount. Blue Line oh, Tactical it, apparel, it? baseball hats. T-shirts, stickers, yeah, badges, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Blue Line Tactical. Do they know our address here? They know our address to send us some more, more some more free things. Blue Line Tactical. Yeah. All right. Yup beer. And yup beer. Don't forget yup beer and the off the cuff twelve, wasn't it? Off the cuff twelve. The twelve your first monthly box is well worth it. Well worth it. Very very good. So thank you very much, yup beer. All right, Flocker fans, we're Fox or Oscar. Good night. See you later. Say good night, Phil. Cheers. Good night, lads.